Hi, this is Matt Trueblood. Today is Thursday, March 5th. Uh, And today I want to talk about average launch angle. And some of these same things can be applied to average exit velocity. We'll talk about that shortly. But uh, essentially what I want to do, because we're now five full seasons into the StatCast era, 2020 will be the sixth. And we're all starting to get comfortable with the scaling of these two new numbers and to some extent spin rate and some of the other metrics that the folks at MLB and Baseball Savant have rolled out. But primarily, of course, exit velocity and launch angle are the new things to the discussion that are starting to be not so new. And so we're starting to take some things for granted and assume that we know them when maybe we never really fully wrapped our arms around them. And we're starting to feel very comfortable eyeballing a player's numbers and making pronouncements. And I wonder if we are vulnerable to overconfidence and to just some basic errors by looking at those numbers and making those pronouncements without fully understanding the granular meaning of those numbers underneath uh, the top level, you know, sort of the summary statistics. Obviously, there's naturally more vulnerability to that just because of the nature of these stats, right? Um, they they include so many more um, measurements, and those measurements are not binary. You know, the way we might have, even when we kind of went from judging a player from at bat to at bat to judging them pitch to pitch, which started over a decade ago with, you know, uh, pitch FX and pitch tracking becoming an available tool, there was still, it's ball or it's strike. It's contact or it's no contact. Um, we started to split out, you know, I still, right under my desk here, I have old uh, hardball times annuals from 2009, 2010, and what I used to pour over were the ground ball and line drive and fly ball numbers, which were, again, so now there's three ways of breaking out when they make contact, but we're still throwing things into bins. And the way that we are now able to measure to measure contact on balls um, is probably better than those. It's just in that when we take an exit velocity or a launch angle, it's not thrown into a bin. It's a, a specific point, a specific measurement, and we know, generally speaking, how to handle those measurements. The problem, I think, comes in uh, when we start to just take averages of massive samples, um, a player's exit velocity or launch angle over the course of a season, or even you know whatever the case might, over the course of a given sample, can tell us a lot of lies that we may not notice we're being told. Um, one way I just want to tease this out, so on baseball savant you can now click on a statistics tab and pull up you know player stats and and customize what numbers you're looking at based you know everything from basic stats out to stat cast stuff um and then you can create charts and you can you know sort of uh, here i'll take two numbers and just find the correlation between them and it's a really handy tool uh it's good for everything from fun fact finding to more serious research. Um, but one thing that jumped out at me, just because I I had a kind of interest and an inkling about 
the correlation between where you hit the ball in terms of side to side and where you hit the ball in terms of up and down. So I, I took one of my favorite numbers on Savant right now, which is sweet spot percentage, uh, which is the percentage of a player's batted balls that fall into the highest value band of launch angle. Uh, from I think it's something like from 8 degrees to 32 degrees. Don't quote me on that. It's That part isn't important because that part may not be perfectly defined and certainly isn't perfectly defined for each individual. It's defined by the population sweet spot, right? But I like sweet spot even though it is going back to sort of putting things in buckets because I prefer a sweet spot percentage over an average launch angle in terms of telling me how often a hitter is making contact within the best band, not just, you know, an average can have very wide or very small variants around it. We know that. So I took sweet spot percentage and I checked the correlation between that and a player's pull percentage, how often they're hitting it to their pull field. The correlation on that is zero. Uh, R squared is 0.00 when you run that. And uh, that was really interesting to me. So then I checked based on uh, keeping pull percentage as one of the variables, the other being average launch angle. And the R squared on that is 0.42, which is not a perfect correlation. Maybe you can picture, maybe you can't, what a roughly 0.4 correlation on a scale from 0 to 1 looks like. But that means it's, it's something significant. The more you pull the ball, the higher your average launch angle tends to be. And that makes sense because most guys who pull the ball a lot are power-oriented. Most guys who are power-oriented, especially in this day and age, are very focused on getting the ball in the air. Higher average launch angle means you're pulling it more. Pulling it more, probably you're going to have a higher average launch angle. But it's astounding to me that there is a relatively strong, or at least a, a statistically significant correlation between average launch angle and pull percentage, but none whatsoever between sweet spot percentage and pull percentage. That is telling us that guys who pull the ball a lot might be hitting a lot of pop-ups that are up above that sweet spot percentage and a lot of ground balls on that pull side, for the most part, of course, that are well below that sweet spot percentage um, or that sweet spot band. So maybe average launch angle is much less valuable, not just a little less valuable, but much less valuable to us than knowing the sweet spot percentage. How often is a hitter hitting it in that correct band? Now, it also matters where on the field they hit it. It matters how hard they hit it when they square it up that way, you know, from a launch angle perspective. But I think this is an interesting thing to just take note of. And uh, next time you're watching a game and, and see the way a hitter's attacking the ball, how is he trying to use the whole field or isn't he? Is he really focused on pulling it? And if he's pulling it a ton, is he creating a lot of a lot more elevation than ground balls, but maybe you know not not evenly dispersed such that his launch angle is going to be inflated, but he may not be getting it in that squared up launch angle band, especially often. Um, there's more texture to this, and we can explore it some other time. I'm not going to 
start and make a series out of this right away, but it's something we can revisit. I just thought it was worth teasing out because these numbers are becoming ubiquitous. I don't expect that to change in 2020, but if it's going to continue, we should start working maybe just a little harder to become familiar with with them and what they mean and what they don't mean and which ones are the best tools when we're breaking down player performance. Thanks.